Would you please uh, stand with me for just a moment? I want to read you a verse of scripture from God's holy word. Thank you so much. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Would you please be seated? I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about God, His Word. I appreciate Brother Gene Fields being here today in the Gideon ministry. It kind of goes along in a way with what I want to say today. I'm talking about fight the good fight. That's my subject. It's under the theme of what can we do? What can the righteous do? We can fight. The Gideon ministry, promoting God's word, that is about the sword. A sword is an offensive weapon. It's a fighting machine. God's word is that sword. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, separating the marrow from the bone. I was acquainted with the Gideon ministry real close one time years ago. When I had my first job out of college, I was going to a lot of uh, training and conferences. And one night I stayed in a motel somewhere in North Carolina. I was there by myself, I thought. I turned on the TV. You can be real careful when you turn on the TV. You don't know what you're going to see. I saw some things that night I didn't need to see. Seems like it was a pornographic show. I'm going to tell you, I struggled with that. There's a part of me that wanted to do it. And there was a part of me that said it was wrong. I struggled enough, and by the grace of God, over in the table in the lampstand by the bed was a Gideon Bible. And I still remember that Bible. I don't know how I got there. But I remember the verse that said, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I remember that. This word of God will give you strength. The thing is, we don't understand what we need it for. It's not just to know things. It's not just to tell somebody you've read the Bible through a hundred times. It's not just to thump it at people and say, you ought to be doing this or not doing that. No, this book is a book that you're supposed to take in to give you strength to fight. We need to fight. We need to understand the meaning of that. And I think it's clear enough here that we're the fight, the good fight of faith. Because we have a calling and we're to be witnesses. Now I'm going to try to talk to you and I'm going to try to be toned, you know. I know it's a struggle to preach for me. I don't know how to get the tone right. I don't know how to have a message for the little ones and the big ones. 
You know, preachers now seems like the, the struggle is making sure you don't aggravate anybody and you get through in time. You know? Somebody told me that. I mean, several. Brother Randy, you look like you're angry when you preach. I want you to know I'm not angry, but I'm serious. You got it? I mean, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you haven't sat beside your daughter shaking in the emergency room coming off of cocaine. Maybe, just maybe, you haven't been to a ballroom to break up your daddy in a fight. Maybe you haven't laid in your bed as a 10-year-old listening to your mom and daddy raising hell, afraid to invite a friend to come home with you. Maybe you haven't stood beside a tree outside your mama's house that burned down and she was inside. Maybe you haven't held a dying son in your arms. Maybe you haven't sinned against God and knew it. Because if you have, or anything that's close to that, you will know that it is serious to live how we live and what we do. I'm going to tell you my drill sergeant, when I was in basic training, did not whisper. He was not afraid to hurt my feelings. My football coach was not afraid to grab your face mask and shake you and yell in your face when you did something wrong. See, the problem in America is not racism. The problem in America is righteousness. That's why we're afraid of everything. We're afraid we're going to run out of gas and run out of food. We're afraid to fight Russia because we're afraid it'll start a war. <laughs> we're afraid to confront somebody in sin because we're afraid they might not like us or might think we're being judgmental. I sit on the steps of a man's house years ago who was a World War II veteran, Luther Reddish, down in Long County, Georgia. I don't know how we got to talking about God, but we did. And I remember him telling me, he says, you know, I was on the Normandy Beach invasion. He says, I was 18 years old, and I remember clearly sitting on that PT boat, listening to that first lieutenant. And he said, guys, he says, in just a few minutes, this door's going to fall. And he says, you're going to go out. And you're going to be shot at, and you're going to hear explosions, and you're going to see blood, and you're going to see guts and agony. But he said, you don't stop. You keep going. Until you get beyond the beach and then you dig in. And we'll regroup. He said, you know, I never forgot that guy telling us that. 
He was right. We went out in that water neck deep. And I remember hearing the wails of my buddies and I knew I couldn't stop. I'm going to tell you, God is calling us to a fight. And I'm not sure we're not cowards. And we need to say, God, put the fight in us. And to get the fight in us, we got to repent. The Bible says that the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. See, the fight we fight is about relationships. That's the fight. Now, you don't need to fight your battles. God will fight those for you. But we must fight God's battles. Because we're seeing the world. We're not in a military armor physically because Christ's kingdom is not of this world. And our weaponry is not carnal, but spiritual. So here in this verse, the call by Paul to Timothy and to us, he says, fight the good fight. I want to say three things, and this is what I want to try to say regarding this text. And regarding we can fight. Now, either it's going to be like this. Either we can be afraid or we can be ready. Either one. There's no no middle ground when it comes to the Lord's fight. You cannot ride a bicycle standing still. You ever tried it? You fall. Fight the good fight, the excellent, noble fight. What is this fight? It's a fight of faith. What is faith? Faith is the body of this word of God. That's what we fight for. Do not let the devil have your children. Fill them them with God's word not only in precept, but in practice. Okay? So I want to try to say three things. One is we've got to realize we are in a fight. Number two is there's a reason that we have to fight. And number three, I want us to know just briefly that we do have resources to fight with. So first of all, let's think about this a minute. We got to realize that we are in a fight. Some people don't know it. But once you're born again, you fight. The fight begins. The devil will not hammer you and bother you until you take on a witness of of being a godly man or woman. So the more you try to be holy, the more intense the battle. 
We are in a fight. You have to fight for joy. You got it? I went over the other day to see Charlene Clutter. You know her? That woman nine years ago was told by the doctors she would never walk again. She lays there on her bed fighting for God. She told me the other day, the doctor said to her, Charlene, do you want me to prescribe an antidepressant for you before you go home? She says, no, I don't. He says, well, you're going to need it. She says, no, I don't need it. I've got God, she said. <laughs> the reason we're not realizing we're in a fight that we have let the devil entertain us and let the world hook us that we're on something so we just walk around kind of in a mundane, insensitive way. Wearing masks, and I'm not talking about COVID masks. So we need to realize we're in a fight. The Bible says we're to do hard, endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord. Paul said, the apostle in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I beat myself. He says, I, I fight myself that I would not be a castaway. I mean, it's a daily fight. It's a daily fight against your flesh, the world, and the devil. But don't get discouraged. You know, my wife loves those children of hers so much. She told me, and every time I've heard her say, and you mothers can relate to this, why, she said, Randy, do I have to do all the fussing? Because probably I don't want to get involved in it. <laughs> Which is to the point is, you know why we Christians and the redeemed of the Lord are not saying so? We don't want to get involved in it. We don't give a rip. You know what? We're in a fight. It's a spiritual warfare. You know why it's a spiritual warfare? Because that's where we're going to find God. We fight against principalities and powers. We read the verse. That's why we have Christian army. In Daniel chapter 10, we see there that Daniel prayed and, and he fasted and, and it was three weeks. He had no answer. Anytime you're in a prayer mode, you are in a war mode. And so Daniel was enlightened and surprised, even shocked when an angel like beings stood beside him. And he said, Daniel... Uh, so to speak, he said, I've come, we've heard your prayers three weeks ago. But there was a, the prince of Persia resisted us. And I had to call in Michael to help me. 
What he was saying is there was a demon. Did you know that there's territorial demons right now in this world? There's one over Russia. There's one over the United States and China. And those demons are Satan's tools that prompts them to think the devil makes your mind, will mess with your mind. When Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 decided they were going to cheat God, they were called and they were killed and they were told that Satan has put this in your heart. That battle in Daniel was a spiritual warfare. It is real. Demons are real. The devil will do anything he can to split you up. He will do anything he can to make us think that how we're doing is just fine. Because he knows what's coming. Believing in God is the remedy for it all because God says, if you don't believe in me, I will destroy you. So you tell me we're not to be about promoting God's word, living God's word. That's what he did to Israel. That's what he'll do to the United States of America, to this church, to your home, to your life personally. I'm going to tell you, God is serious about fighting. We need to fight like the Ukraines. There's a surgeon the other day that I'm told that did surgery by daytime and carried an AK-47 at night. Reminds me of Nehemiah when they built the wall in Nehemiah 4. You know what those guys were doing? They had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. I mean, we need to keep on the game face, the fight mode. Jesus did not say that we're to take up our cross and follow him, denying ourselves for nothing. And he, does not, he did not die for us on the cross by proxy. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I'll try to preach to you ever how meager that might seem. I'll try to encourage you. I'll come to you whatever time of the night or day you call me. I promise you I will. But I cannot fight for you. You got to do that yourself. You got to ask God, God, put the fight in me. And it's a battle, my friends. It's a relationship battle. You gotta find, you gotta find yourself fighting like a justified sinner. You gotta have guts to do right and to live right. Even if people don't like you. You might say, well, you mean preacher, we'd be fighters? I thought Jesus said to turn the other cheek. And to love our enemies. He does say that. He says that so we will be able to use evil or good rather to conquer evil. He's not saying that we're to roll over evil. Now when it comes to government, 
See, there's a difference in government and individual. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is talking to individuals. Okay? God uses governments as ministering agents to conquer evil. That's what the government was established for, by the way, to protect. That's why our council culture and the liberals in our world today do not want a police force, a military. I mean, you try to tell Hitler, what if we just said that against Hitler? Said we'll just love him. What if we'd have told Osama bin Laden, well, you've got three towers, won't you take the Sears Tower too? That's okay with us. God ordained governments to thwart evil, law enforcement. They are protectors. They are fighting evil. Jesus did not teach pacifism. You hear me? I didn't make that up. Romans 13 says this. Verse 3. Listen, you don't have to turn there. Get your mind off something else. But Verse 3 of Romans 13. For rulers are not a terror to good works. Talking about governments. Powers that be that God ordained but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. And in verse 4, God says, talking about the government, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. For if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Now, if any government is going to say, well, I can't do anything about evil when you're able to, unless some agency, some organization like NATO or somebody like that says it's okay, just let them go. I'll tell you about made me sick the other night. I heard that courageous Ukrainian president give that speech in front of our Congress. He, stood, he gave that speech and everybody stood up and clapped their hands, turned around and patted each other on the back, went to the next party. Do nothing. I mean, that's kind of how we are, you know. We, we come to church. But are we really to go home and fight the battles with our children and relationship and sin in ourselves? See, there's a fight. There's a reason, secondly, for the fight. David fought Goliath, but he didn't just do it to make a name for himself. He did it because he said, is there not a cause? Is this uncircumcised Philistine going to defy the one true and living God? See, God's called us to fight. Now, the government, is, that's what God's instrument. He's judged the Old Testament here. That's what he does. Still doing it. But I'm going to tell you, when we see it individually, we're to love one another. 
That's why from the Civil War to all the world wars, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Ukraine going on right now, individuals on the opposite side love one another. They love each other. But they're representing the government. They're fighting for the government. They're not fighting, so to speak, against individuals. There's a difference in that. So there's a reason for the fight. Jude says that we're to contend for the faith. That's fight. That's an effort that was once delivered to the saints. If you don't contend for it, it will be taken away from you. And then lastly, we have the resources to fight with. We have God. We have the Holy Spirit. I said these resources aren't carnal, see? No, no, they're spiritual. But the deal is, do not say that, that for example, fight, if you're fighting sin in your life, and we ought to be. We ought to hate it that much that we ought to say, well, you know, don't ever say, oh, I'm not going to sin anymore. You fight this yourself, you're going to do it. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to commit adultery anymore. I mean, that's a worthy call. But you flat don't have the resources to do it yourself. You cannot get the light. You can't get out of darkness unless you have Jesus to lead you to light. That's why Jesus said in Luke 11, he was casting out a demon, that spiritual warfare again. And he goes on to say that man, that man was clean. But he did nothing. And then here comes the more demon and sees him, nothing's taking the place. And seven demons go in that man. He's worse than when he started before. So we need to understand the replacement principle, so to speak. You know how I get air out of this glass? I pour water in it. You know how you get sin out your soul? You pour God in it. Our problem, my friends, is we don't have enough God. We have so much self, there's no room for God. We're too busy fighting about our rights. And not understanding what we need is Jesus. And we're to pray, does he not say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm saying, the resources God gives us is there. But see, what we need to understand, Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, you know what, you've had a witness. God's called you and you've made a witness. Do you love Jesus? If you love Jesus Christ, then you want to be able to be a good soldier. If you haven't been baptized in water, you need to be baptized with water. Not to impress anybody, but you know what you're saying? I'm going to be a witness for God. You get around God's people, you will be strengthened. You get away from God's people, you will be weakened. Now you try it. Iron does sharpen iron. 
So, you know what? To fight this fight, we got to think about eternal things. Fix your affections on things above, not things of the earth. See, if somebody gets your parking place over there at Bilo or Walmart, let them have it. If somebody says something bad about you, you say something good about them. But when somebody tries to downplay the Bible and God and and what God means, then then you fight. Somebody told me the other day they had a grandchild in one of the local schools. They had a discussion about abortion, which is right or wrong. And these are probably, uh, I don't know, middle school. And so the conversation went, they were kind of split on the, what was right and wrong. And, and he told me about his grandson and said, you know what he did? He said, he went and said, wait just a minute. And he went into his book bag, to the locker, and got his Bible. <laughs> For some reason, we think we can't do that in schools anymore. You know, we let Satan deceive us. said, you can't really pray, you can't say anything about Jesus. thing is, we're afraid to. There's men and women in our government that pray. I'm talking about religious people that are fervent Christians. They are. They're there. I'm thankful for them. But we need to understand there is a fight. You're talking about this, pre- this Christian, this preaching deal for me? You know how many times a week I think about quitting at least once? <laughs> I mean, you look at the world today and we say, well, there's no hope. And I'm going to tell you there's nothing impossible with God. Don't quit. Don't quit in your family, your marriage, your relationship, your church. You stick in there and you hold grip. He says, get a grip on eternal life. He wasn't getting saved. He'd already been saved. What we need to do is get a grip. Oh, God, help us to have a grip on eternity. Because that will give us the fight we need and the resources. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you so much for this day and for the glory of the cause of Christ. Lord, help us to love one another enough to rebuke them and to be able to take rebuke ourselves when we need it, and most of us do a lot. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and fighting the battles that we could not fight. Thank you, Lord, for enlisting us in your army. This church or any church, Lord, is not to be a country club. It is to be a barracks of soldiers willing and ready to fight the good fight of faith. Thank you so much for these men and women that are fighting that fight. That are on the battlefronts of sorrow and sin and failure and disappointment. Lord, help them to be patient and persevere knowing, Lord, that we're more than conquerors through Christ 
and that he that is in us is surely more and greater than he that is in the world. You are that stronger man. You are, Lord, the one that leads us to light, that brings us to realize that we're sinners, and then gives us the platform to promote your word based upon the righteousness that you close us with. O Lord, put us in the posture of a soldier, on our knees, hands open, eyes up, looking into the hill from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. But O God, by your grace and mercy, help us not to run from you, to run from those we love. Help us to be honest, face the fact, Find Jesus, follow Jesus, and fight the fight. May, Lord, it come that time when it does for us as we lay down in death that we might say with the Apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. Not that we'll win every battle, but we will fight, O God, as long as you give us breath. When we finish our course, to keep the faith. Thank you, God, for your strength and the resilience. We look forward to the victory that you have promised us through Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.